Hey, welcome to the program, Mark. Uh, happy to be here. Interesting, your your last name is Muncie. Yep. Now we have a town here in Indiana called Muncie, and it's got some. It's got some. Uh, it's it's only really only claim to fame. It's the cemeteries. A lot of dead. A lot of dead people over there, and I think anytime you got de- a bunch of dead people in a group, then some weird, weird stuff can happen. They just—they got to learn to spell their town right. They spell it wrong. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, we got to look into that, man. So, yeah, it is I E. So. Yeah. <laughs> what did you look that I don't know up? What's wrong with those people? What did you, did you look that up? Okay, but I've had my own cemetery experiences, and man, by by the judgment, look at your books. Erie, Florida, and Erie, Appalachian. I, I want to kind of key on on the Appalachians because, man, yeah. um, when I think of Florida, and I guess there's monsters down there, monsters everywhere. Uh, you know, I think of swamp things and things like that. I think of Adrian Barbeau thing, you know, down there in Florida somewhere. <laughs> and why is it she's in every swamp movie? I don't know. Hey, she's in. Oh, a, yeah, hey, she's in, wrong with that. She's in a new movie uh, on Prime. It's called Big Legend. Mm-hmm. It's a great show, man, and uh, it's a uh, it's about. Uh, and uh, it, it's about the it's about the big the big guy out in the forest. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, now he she's she's got a big following amongst the uh, you know us cryptid fans. So yeah. you know that goes way back. You you, you started to say big and I didn't know how to fill the end of that sentence out. All <laughs> right. So we'll whoa. What did I say? What, what did I say? Hey. Okay. Anyway. So hey, listen to this. So this is your bio on our website, man. Strange lights darting through the pitch black sky. Horrible occurrences in in their bizarre tragedy, tall tales, humanoid eyes, uh, apparitions, and what do you do uh, to when these mysteries confront you? Now, this is a key, this is a key thing, Mark. I want to know: do are have people been confronted with these mysteries? Or are they always kind of off to the side and they really never get confronted? No, I get emails quite a bit, you know, since I've got the three Florida books out, I'm, I'm like the go-to guy for when somebody sees something unusual or strange in Florida that isn't just a Florida man doing something stupid. Uh, yeah, they call me or they email me because my email is like the worst kept secret on the internet. So they, they, they message me and say, Hey Mark, uh, I saw this weird thing on I-10 or I-95 or out in the green swamp or down in the Everglades and and uh, you know, and so my job, you know, since I'm a what they I like to call a paranormal journalist. I I I'm not a Bigfoot hunter. I am not a ghost hunter. I am not a UFO expert. But I go with Bigfoot hunters, UFO hunters, and and stuff and ghost hunters, and so I collect their stories. So my job is when these people send me these emails is, hey, this is who you should talk to. This is who you should report it to, and uh, that way it gets out there to the right people who can actually document it and. <laughs> And that way we've got, you know, maybe somebody else mm-hmm. saw it a week ago or a few weeks ago or a month ago in the same area, or it might tie into some, you know, ancient lore. And that's where I come in. I dig into the folklore and the history behind these things, look for old newspaper articles and, oh, oh, there, you know, you saw a ghost here. Guess what? Somebody saw a ghost here in 1920. You know, it's the last time it was reported, but it was reported. So, you know, that's the sort of thing I like to come up with. Um. Somebody pointed out that you apparently have a dragon on your shirt. Mark, could you please explain that? Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I was uh, actually at an event at a, uh, a role-playing store today, and uh, so I had my Dungeons & Dragons shirt on. So, uh-huh. uh, when, you, when you write spooky books uh, about Florida, you get a lot of Hawaiian prints. Uh-huh. And so this is my Dungeons & Dragons Hawaiian oh, okay. print. Okay, so, so. so role-playing, what role did you play? 
I was the dungeon master. I was a game master for uh, a game uh, that was a uh, it was a spooky game because I'm the spooky guy. So I was taking them on an adventure in Dungeons and Dragons, but I had them fight a skunk ape. So mm. you know, there we go. So the Florida Bigfoot because mm-hmm. we can't have nice things in Florida. We have to rename everything stupid. So skunk ape is what our Bigfoot is. Uh-huh. Well, you know, you you are you are actually talking to a Bigfoot hunter myself. Yeah. I've been out yeah. there. Um, in fact, I think last week I played a video. Uh, had a had a, uh, a a rock thrown at me. First, uh, we were we were deep in the woods. We heard a howl, uh, and um, uh, it was in land between the lakes. And uh, we heard a howl, and uh, you know, we wouldn't particularly actually wasn't looking for Bigfoot. We were just looking to take a hike. And but this 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 monkey howl got got us looking around, and then uh, so I did the old. Um, I did I did my own yell, and then I did the tree knock with a log, and then a rock comes flying through the forest, and we were the only ones in the forest. Nearly nearly hit me, and right. and and that's a thing right there, Mark, because we can do tongue and cheek things about monsters and things in the woods, yep. but the fact of the matter is, there's enough evidence to say that it's real kind of beyond the comic Comic Con. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. The imagery, you know, is there's some real stuff going on and. Uh, but here's here's a question though you may not be able to answer. I don't now that I think about it, I've never asked anybody why is it in the rock throwing which there are lots of and I'm, and I've seen I've been in the forest and seen rock stacks uh, appear out of nowhere as a matter of fact why can't they hit their target when they're throwing rocks they don't really hit people they just like are they that good to where they can not say well, I'm not going to hit you I'm going to let you know we're here and they'll like it that's, I I think that's exactly what it is I think it is exactly that they are that good that they're like, hey, get run away. You know, you you don't want any part of this. We're we're chasing you off. It's just like you know, what do we do when we see a a bear coming at you? You you don't you know, and you don't have a gun. You know, you scare it away. You try to you know try to get it to go away so you can get away. And that's exactly what I think these things are doing. Is they they're trying to they want they're you know what's the old saying? They're as afraid of you as you are of them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the case. But mm-hmm. I also think they don't want to mess with you. They don't know what they know. We've got loud boomsticks. Yeah, and uh, you know, and they don't want to deal with those. So you know, let's let's go away, go away. This is our territory. Mm-hmm. And that you know, that howl might have been, you know, some sort of aggressive, or it could be you know something else. We don't understand these things. That's what this is all about. Is um, these things need more study? They need more, you know, things known. I mean, we know about as much as we did when the Patterson Gimlin tape came out, you know, in 1960s. You know, these things have been, you know, we've got news reports that go back to the 1800s or and prior. Uh, and we've got Native Americans talking about these things. And and we've given them very little study because if you start talking about it, people go, oh, you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs and we don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and this is like, I like a lot of people like to call it, you know, preternatural stuff we don't understand yet. Mm-hmm. That someday we will. I mean, like you know, a few years ago, we didn't understand you know dark matter and in, in, in the sky, and now we're starting to get the hang of it. And you know, and you know, we used to talk about parallel universes as being this crazy thing, and now some scientists are going, you know, that might be a real thing. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, and we're you know, and with all the UAPs and UFOs now coming out from the government, the stuff that was goofy 20 years ago is now, oh wait, we're studying this. We we need to give it more stuff. It, it, you even look at like chiropractic medicine, you know, up, up until recently, medical schools, that's, you know, that's voodoo. We, we don't talk about chiropractic medicine, but now we're, we realize people are getting help from it. Mm-hmm. So it is, you know, this, the, the, the 
preternatural one generation becomes the natural the next. And that's what this is. This is just stuff that needs some serious study. And sadly, you start talking about it, they they don't put the money there. There's no, you know, unless it's going to get your ratings on Travel Channel, they don't talk about it. So. Mm. Well, uh, I think we finally got past the swamp gas uh, description yeah. of anybody that sees a UFO. Uh, and now we are talking about the Appalachians. That's going to bring to my first and I don't know if it's contained in your book, but there's something known as the Brown Mountain Lights. And, yes. And uh, yeah. there's there's an actual movie uh, back to back to uh, uh, mm. Amazon Prime. You know where I spend my time at. Uh, <laughs> it's called the Alien Abduction, which is basically a movie based on um, uh, the uh, Brown Mountain Lights. And and you talk about um, uh, you mentioned to say the 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 creatures we you could, we could use Bigfoot, but I think there's a whole lot more creatures that we need to oh, discuss. Yeah. Uh, you know, kind of wants you to go away. But speaking of uh, going away, if you're following any of Dave Politis, Missing 411, you know that it ain't the Bigfoot that's going away. It's the people that's going away. Yep. So yep. so the fact of the matter is, uh, if it, they they may make you go away. And while I'm in this kind of train of thought, reminded me of a Star Trek episode when they got this young kid and he go, and then you go away. Do you remember that? I, I think it was a Twilight Zone. Yeah, sent them to the cornfield. Well, no, yeah. it, no, it was no, it was on Stars. Oh no, you're right. You're right. They did that in Trek yeah. too. I, I forget the name of it, but the uh, yeah. of that of that one. But he would, uh, you know, and, yeah. and then I think Kirk said, uh, "Charlie, stop making people go away. You know, can, Charlie, can you yeah. bring them back?" That's so, but but yeah. uh, so we got we we don't want them making us go away. I think, and I don't know, not sure for sure if I want them to go away uh, because it's kind of intriguing. I like a good mystery. I guess I like a mystery until we get up to the to the uh, the uh, active confrontation of said said cryptid. Well, you know, for years, you know, it's not part of the Appalachians, but right on the base of the Appalachians is you know Wright Patterson Air Force Base. It's right there in the heart uh, in Ohio, and it has where you know more people talk about Area 51 because it was you know classified, but I think they hit a lot of this stuff right in broad daylight. And uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, you know, well-known Air Force Base, did a lot of crazy testing and still has a lot of classified projects that we're not allowed to know about. So I think that, you know, I think there's a lot of stuff that was taken there over the years. You know, we talk about the Flatwoods Monster. We talk about, you know, Mothman. We talk about all these unusual things. They all happened in the shadow of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. Uh, And then, you know, we've got a dark sky area over most of West Virginia uh, that, you know, where the Greenfield Observatory is. And that's where a lot of UFO sightings are seen. Brown Mountain Lights, right there, right next to Seneca Rocks. All these amazing places. And guess what? It's all right along that parallel. And um, which is why, you know, a lot of UFO experts, a lot of alien experts, they talk about that area as just a flap, a a hot spot. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you start researching it like we did, we came on it sideways. We were researching a Florida story that suddenly had a tie to Ohio, Kentucky, and West Virginia. And so when I was pitching it to my publisher and said, hey, you know, I've, I've got uh, my next Florida book's going to have three chapters, one on Ohio, one on Kentucky, and one on West Virginia. They're like, well, why don't you do that book and just do one chapter on Florida? And I'm like, ah, good call. Uh, so that's, uh, but one of them was a tie to a 1952 UFO encounter down here in Miami uh, called the Crestview sighting where a bunch of kids in a school see basically a bunch of UFOs and kids, teachers, hundreds of witnesses. 
and the next day government comes to interrogate everybody and they all and one kid says oh they kind of look like helicopters so the next day in the newspapers oh strange craft were just helicopters from nearby base and it's forgotten about until social media modern day and you know now the navy's releasing some of this footage some of these kids who are now in their 70s and 80s are going wait a minute that's what we saw we didn't see helicopters we saw this weird stuff and now we can talk about it and not get laughed at. So of course, what do they do? They emailed the crazy Florida guy. And uh, and so I start getting these emails and I start talking to these people. I'm, I'm like excited, it's gonna be my next book. But then suddenly one of them had a list of names of these people that had interviewed him. His father had written down in his little journal slash you know, address book slash diary thing. And the names, I was like, ooh, I was excited because these are government names. I can do Freedom of Information Act and find these guys. And one of them was a, you know, a Captain Sinclair of the Coast Guard. So that one I kind of got some hits with. Another one was a Captain Smith from the Air Force. That really didn't help much. Mm -hmm. But then the last one was Government Man Cold. And suddenly my brain flashed to Indrid Cold. And who was a, a strange encounter of an like an oddball man in black slash maybe alien that happened in 1952. And then I'm doing the math in my head. Crestview sighting was 1952. This was six months after that incident in West Virginia. So suddenly I had to do a chapter on Indrid Gold and I start looking into that and then it ties into other things. And so is Indrid Gold the first man in black? Is he working for the government suddenly six months later? I knew I had something hot and then that's where this book came from. Wow. Okay. All right. We've got a question from Doug in Virginia. It says, have you heard of the bunny man from Fairfax County, Virginia? There is an excellent illustration. My lovely wife's the illustrator. Uh, she brings all these to life. There's an excellent illustration of the bunny man story from Fairfax, uh, uh, right on the Pennsylvania, West Virginia border. And uh, the bunny man bridge, we went. Uh, we learned that there is some real history behind this guy in a bunny costume with an axe that attacked people uh we also found that there was another story of an escaped lunatic nearby in the same area that kind of tied in and these two stories kind of morph into one and we find that a lot with these stories where if something weird happens and something else weird happens nearby they kind of become one story so yeah bunny man we've got some details of him in the book i think you'll enjoy it so uh speaking of bunny man it reminds me of a movie i think it's called cabin fever it's where these yes. four 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 people go into this cabin and um, they're they're being haunted. The water's contaminated, but when they first arrive at a gas station, there's this little kid sitting there on a bench and he's got a bunny face. And man, that mm. thing was that that might, that that had just as much effect as as the as as the mask the the hockey mask guy. Yep. Yeah, but, that's that's you know it's all about when the when the head is not human when there's something unusual about it. It triggers things in us, and that's that's something inside us that is primeval. You know, it's been there for forever. So that means there's an evolutionary reason for us to be afraid of things with weird heads. <laughs> you know, so you know that's why some of these monsters, some of these cryptids, stand out to me. I love the holler monsters. That was the thing that really drew me to this book. Was we went up for the mate. You know, we we had to do Indrid Cold. We had to do the Mothman, which meant we had to do the Flatwoods monster, which meant we had to do the Grafton monster, but then I started learning that every holler has a story. And since I'm from up there originally, 
I knew my little holler monster and I was able to share that with the world through this book uh, that you know was on my family farm. But then I realized every farm, every holler had something like that. And so I was able to interview dozens and dozens of families and get dozens and dozens of crazy stories. And most of them had never left the family you know, area. So that was mm-hmm. one of the things I loved most about this book. And I can't wait you know, to, to share more. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> speaking of, uh, similar stories. I, I, uh, went to a graveyard one night and in the middle of the night, I, um, I heard afar off some screams coming from a bridge and I, I didn't, I, I was there with my sons and I, I, th- I thought, well, they gotta be hearing this, but evidently they didn't. I guess I was the only one who heard that. And so mm-hmm. later I went and kind of researches why was I, you know, at first I thought somebody was beating their kid in the middle of the night. Like, man, in this area here, people really have some discipline problems or something. <laughs> and, uh, then I went and found out there's, there's, there's bridge has a story of, uh, a car careening off and there's a kid that gets drowned. And so I went to research it and it seemed like the, the scream at the bridge is, is a common theme in a, in a lot of communities. So what, mm. what is that? Is it because it's an instant nightmarish death that causes the residual uh, appearances of these entities? And that that goes back to what they like to call like a stone tape theory, which is uh, something uh, Nigel Keel uh, promoted, which was uh, basically uh, there's a certain type of haunting, a certain type of residual energy is when somebody meets a tragic end or a sudden end and it's imprinted on the building around them and bridges, rivers, because they have that strange electromagnetic, you know, com- com- combination of water and stone. And so when that happens, it gets this, you know, it, it, they imprint and then it's there. And those are the recording ones, the ghosts that seem to just repeat ad infinitum. Uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes they're imprinted on an object. Sometimes they're imprinted on a thing. And, like a and doll. the fact that, yeah, like a doll, like Robert the doll or something like that down here in Key West. Uh, but they sometimes... You know, some people can see them, some people can't. It's uh, my wife is like a ghost lodestone. We go to some of the most haunted locations on the planet, and me and a couple others will see something unusual or hear something unusual, and she'll be over in the cemetery taking a picture of a butterfly on a tombstone and have no idea that anything's happened. Mm-hmm. And so that's to me, it's like, so why do some people see it? Why do some people not? Um, you know, and that's one of those things we've got to figure out with these things. Uh, again preternatural we haven't studied it enough we don't know why this works mm-hmm. but then why do some ghosts talk to us why do they interact with us why mm-hmm. are some more poltergeist like and just you know active mm-hmm. and then you know then there's those negative entities that seem to be very you know scary like there's the bellamy bridge that's a that's a bridge down here in florida that is so haunted it's on their it's a state park and they have the ghost on their state park sign telling the ghost story how many wow. state parks tell their ghost stories. Not many. Mm. This one does. Um, and, um, you know, and again, so what caused it? Why is it there? Who knows? And that's, you know, we go into these histories of these, like this one, we were able to debunk the history behind it, of this flaming bridal ghost that supposedly died there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we found out that that was actually a story from South Carolina. So how is it here in Florida? And it was just because the name was the same of the family, but the ghost is still seen there, but it's a different, but the ghost must be something else. So that's, mm. that's part of our books is figuring out, okay, well then what is it? It's not this story. This was just a book from South Carolina that 
you know, made good press and used the same last name, but people still see something similar. Obviously they're not seeing the same thing. So now we got to figure that out. And that's, that's what our books do is we delve in and try to figure these things out. Hmm. All right. We have another question. This is from Rose. Why are the Appalachians so haunted? Do, do you know of any spooky creatures around the Appalachians in New York? Uh, in New York, one of the fun ones that we got to talk about was uh, the there was a family that this is in upstate New York uh, that they had inherited some land and this was like old you know 1700s family settlement and uh, you know they didn't really know much about it, even like maybe late 1600s um, and they were surveying their land and they came across a barn that wasn't on their survey and this is like early 1900s and mm -hmm. uh, you know so this family's you know land's been there a couple hundred years and no one's gotten this far back. And so they start trying to dig into that, you know, barn to see what's in. And they notice a lot of dead animals nearby mm -hmm. and they get a little closer and uh, there's spider webs everywhere. And they open the barn and they see what they said were spiders the size of cats and dogs. Wow. And yeah, big, you know, nothing, nothing that big in North America that we know of. I mean, so some get that big, but um so what did they do? They did the smart thing. They burned it to the ground. They just stood outside, burned that to the ground. So we don't want anything to do with this. Um, and what did they find underneath? A mine entrance into the cave systems and mines down here under the Appalachians. We've got Mammoth Cave uh, system that we still don't know how big it is. And um, they go into that and find bigger webs. And they don't even want to know what that is. So again, more fire. Uh, that's the answer to everything in those days. And um, now what's fun about that story is I had several families tell me this story in this area. And every one of them talks about how they keep their barns pristine in this area now so that critters don't move in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so, but why are the Appalachians so haunted and why are they... They are the oldest mountain range in the world. We think of the Alps, we think of the Himalayas, they're huge and ginormous, and that's because they're young. They're, they're baby mountain mm -hmm. ranges. The Appalachians are the oldest. They've been here longer than any other mountain range. So they are old, they are weathered. That's why they are you know more accessible. But they also are one of the largest in the world. If you look at it historically, the Scottish Highlands, the Irish Hills, mm -hmm. those are the Appalachians. It was all one mountain range before Pangea broke. Oh. And uh, we all split apart and went our own ways because everybody was trying to get away from Florida. So, you know, <laughs> they push it away. Get rid of that place. Whoa, 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 uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold, 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 hold. Rewind. Uh, aren't people going to Florida? That's, you know, now. I don't know why. It's, 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 we have nine months of August. Everything here is trying to kill you. Uh, you know, we have, we have, the mosquitoes here, you know, you play, you, you put off on, that's actually a turn on for our mosquitoes. Oh. Uh, they love off. Uh, yeah, uh, you've got our, you know, alligators. We've got, you know, we've got herpes monkeys in the woods whoa, that whoa, will, whoa. will give you death. <laughs> wow. Herpes monkeys. They descended from Tarzan's monkeys from the TV show. They filmed it down here in Florida. They left them in the woods thinking that they would just die out but they got loose and they were a breeding pair. So now we Ooh. have rampaging monkeys in the Ocala national forest where a lot of Bigfoot sightings occur. Well, that's, but, that's nasty, but also don't you, but does that mean you guys got a bunch of monkey pox down there? 
that's what we're worried about. It's uh, these things are worse. They have a herpes that's deadly to humans. So if they bite you, you can die. So yeah, just you know, one of the many more ways Florida <laughs> wants to kill you. We also have the deadliest snakes in America. Everything from water moccasins and uh, you know and rattlesnakes to the coral snake, which will kill you dead very quickly. Well, you know, I can't stand so, I can't stand monkeys anyway, man, because I mean they they got them gnarly teeth, and I mean I see people hold them monkeys, and it's like man, they're gonna turn on you. They're gonna bite you. You know, I, these I are I can't deal. super can't aggressive. Deal. These ones that are in the Ocala super, National Park, super aggressive super monkeys. Aggressive. And they, what's fun was they'll also like they know where deer feeders are for mm-hmm. uh, hunters, and they figured out how to trigger them because they're smart. So they start stealing all the corn. They start stealing all the things. And uh, so these are smart, aggressive monkeys that will kill you. So well, see, there's while you're hunting Bigfoot, you got more things to watch out for. Well, everybody knows, and you talk about uh, the the residual attachment to objects, and that reminds me of, uh, um, it seemed like dolls are, are always one of the things. But another one is, to me, is nutcrackers. Because, Mark, I'm telling you, at nighttime, those, I think those things walk around. If you got them in your house, I think they walk around. Mm. Yeah, that's, a, that, you know, the any of those, like uh, those and the, uh, course ventriloquist dummies seem to be mm-hmm. a common because everybody imprints on them you know mm-hmm. when they're you know they're make, giving them a mm-hmm. name it's it's it, it goes to me back to like fey and uh fairy uh folklore because you're giving these things names you're giving them personalities uh you know and that's one of the things they love to take names and you know and that's why you know robert the doll down in key west he took his owner's name his owner was named robert mm-hmm. and he decided you're robert and i'm gonna go by gene you know, and wow. uh, I'll use my middle name so that you can have my name. How crazy is that? Of course, we have a haunted doll because of that. So, um, and that's yeah. So these imprints, yeah, that's why I guess children imprint on them, you know, on these things more uh, because they they're giving them their all. They are their imaginary friend. These are, you know, is it so imaginary? You know, who knows? Yeah, I think I think uh, uh, there's another famous. Uh, Haunted doll, and I'll put it up on screen. Oh yeah! Hello, Tina. My name is Tina. Tina. I don't like you. (laughs) So I mean, that's a spooky doll right there. That guy tried. He tried to use a power saw. Man, he tried to throw it in a dumpster. This thing kept coming back. I meant. I mean, these things don't want to die, uh, Mark, and that's that's the problem. Uh, but hey, this might be right up your alley here. Uh, Grumpy old army vet says, Mark, do you have any knowledge of the Jersey Devil? Yes, yes, that's another one uh, my lovely wife got to do a fun illustration for us. Because we had to put Jersey Devil in here because he's basically a holler monster that became, you know, got, got loose and is now world famous. You know, mm-hmm. that's how these things work. Uh, it was, the, the there's different stories. Mother Leeds uh, is, you know, the, the name most associated with it. And uh, she had 13 children and she, after her 12th one, she said when the thirteenth one came out, she damned it. She's like, I don't want any more oh. kids. This one could just be the devil. Mm-hmm. And uh, and guess what? It it come out with horns and a horse head with oh. uh, you know hooves and bat wings, and it literally like yeeted out the cim- yeeted out the the chimney. It just flew away, you know, right after it was born. And mm. so now up in the Pine Barrens area of New Jersey which is deep woods and part right. of the Appalachian. Right, right, it's, right. Um, it's one of those, if you're, you know, you're, you're 
animals start dying or something goes wrong. Oh, Jersey Devil did it. Yeah. Uh, oh you, yeah. You know, your milk starts turning sour. Jersey Devil. You know, right. 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 Uh, right. You, know, you can't. You know, have a bad crop. Oh, Jersey Devil must have got to it. You know. It's, <laughs> And so, and that's what these monsters all are is, you know, they're, they're, they're scapegoats. They're things to this happened, this weird thing happened. So obviously it has something to do with the monster in the holler. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't, you know, feed it properly. We didn't treat it right. The thing is with Jersey devil, it was so famous that, um, you know, there was hunts for it for years, like professional hunts. The Smithsonian offered a bounty if you could catch it. Uh, that's still out there. So if you call the Smithsonian Institute, yeah. if you happen to catch the Jersey Devil, they they owe you a hundred thousand dollars. So um, you know, well, might be worth a hunt. Now, how close are we to the Mothman uh, over there at Point Pleasant? Now that's the the festivals next week, um, and I'll be speaking at the Mothman Festival for the first time. Oh, I'm oh, excited nice. about that. A week from today. Uh, but uh, that's not that far when you think about it. It's maybe a few hours drive from Jersey. So yeah. they could be buddies. Right, uh, right, right. But, uh, you know, Mothman, 1960s, was its first sightings. Uh, five grave diggers Ooh. see this flying humanoid uh, nearby, uh, not too far from Point Pleasant. Interesting. But then... You go ahead. And I'll go ahead. But it's it, it seen a little while later in Point Pleasant uh, in the TNT area, which is an old abandoned military uh place where they built munitions for world war two mm-hmm. and these guys are out there it's a nice place to drive around and you know make out with your friends oh. uh, and uh there's two couples are out there and they see this thing it starts attacking them now the weird thing about mothman is you know some people think it's a big bird you know it's a sandhill crane it's right, right, all this right. other stuff. but it's got these weird the, all of the descriptions if you go back to the original sightings and you go back to the original stories the way it flies, it never flaps its wings. Mm-hmm. It flies like a jet, you know, engine. It takes off at super speeds. It it never seems to move the wings on its back, and it's got these glowing red eyes when lights hit it, like eye shine. Right. But it's but people still see the glow when the lights aren't there. So uh, and then it's almost like half in spirit in some of the descriptions where it's blurry and and not really there it's similar to modern some modern bigfoot sightings where it's kind of like you're missing so, 411 guy where it's kind of cloaking why it's kind of you know blending in with the backgrounds so do you th- um, do you think it's super that, muscular do, do you think that the according to legend that an indian put a curse on that bridge that uh collapsed there uh cornstalk uh, uh, Chief Cornstalk is all over the legends of the Ohio Valley and the Miami River because he got treated bad. He was he was a, a strong warrior and they couldn't take him out, so they offered him a surrender and he showed <laughs> up to surrender and he, right. you know, to, to 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 talk to him and then they massacre him. You know they 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 didn't give him his surrender and massacred his people. And mm-hmm. so yeah, if he's going to put a curse on things. Uh, you know, yes, but I don't think he did it there. I mean, Point Pleasant was where he was camped, uh, but um, that wasn't if, – if he did that, I don't think it was there. The story that comes from is actually a play in nineteen six in the late 70s where a high school did a play about the, uh, the Point Pleasant being cursed and the bridge collapsing because Cornstalk put the curse there. So I don't think that had anything to do with it until later. I think a play, playwright did that. But – that said, 
Hornstock did curse the land near Popelick, near Louis, uh, near Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, but, and but, there is a bridge there that has a monster that has actually has a body count. Uh, the Popelick monster has several people have died going investigating him. But, but, but has, that has more to do with the fact okay. that it's on a train trestle bridge and the trains have killed a couple of people. Okay, but, but as far as Indian curses goes, the, the, the show The Poltergeist was based on a house that was built on a graveyard. So um, as far as the cornstalk, which I think he's got a brother named Corn Pop, I understand. But um, it, the, the, those legends of Indians, they, they seem to have some connection to curses and some power. Would you not agree with that? Oh, no, I totally agree with that. There's definitely uh, a lot of strange, unusual, uh, and, and dark curses with some of these, you know, some of these, uh, you know, native tribes. Um, I'm good friends with uh, Al Goingback, who's a, a seminal sh- uh, medicine man and a, and a great author. If you ever want to read some spooky books, pick up Al Goingback. Okay. Uh, uh, his book, Crota, is probably one of the best monster books I've ever read. But anyway, he's my go-to. Whenever I get a native... You know, legend. I'm like, owl. Is this real? Is and 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 he'll go, oh yeah, yeah, that's real, or that's you know, that's Creek, that's Lakota, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, but then sometimes he'll be like, no, no, that's somebody made that up. Yeah. Um. So you know, but that's what you know. We've got to have our experts. You know. But even he's you know he jokes all the time that it's like Florida was built on a native burial ground, mm-hmm. because it all was. You know, and that's you know, and same with all of Appalachia. There there were tons of tribes up there. And they all have their own, you don't call it folklore, you don't call it mythology, because to them, that's just their life. Mm-hmm. It's this, this, this spirituality is part of everyday existence. So mm-hmm. talking well, to the old man of the woods, which to us would be Bigfoot, mm-hmm. that's just something they did. You know, and you know, talking to, you know, the, they, they, the, the crow attacked a tribe called the Moon-Eyed People. They were little people with big eyes. And it's when you read that now with a you know Westerner's eyes, I look at that and I go, oh wait, they they attacked fairies, you know, uh, you know, and in, in the mountains of Appalachia, which would have been um, the Irish mountains further up, you know. So now, um, how about this question? This is from moderator Jade. Is it true there is a Cherokee death cat in the Appalachia? Oh, how about that? There, there's a couple of those. It's often called the Wampus Cat, uh, which goes to a legend where a young squaw in her tribe uh, was wondering why her husband was out at night and thought he might be cheating on her. So she followed him to another tent, but he was actually learning medicine from the great shaman of their tribe. So when she was caught, she was cursed. Mm-hmm. to be transformed into this uh, almost what we would, you know, now call skinwalker, you know, but that's more Navajo, you know, much further west. Uh, over here, they uh, they made her into a cat woman, basically, and a, a werewolf, but a cat, a big panther mm-hmm. or a puma, uh, you know, or something like that. Um, and, um, and so this, you know, a bobcat, and with great claws and great talons, and they are seen all up and down the Appalachians, all the way from Alabama, all the way up to, you know, New York. Uh, some of the tribes have encounters with them. And, and a lot of the early settlers talk about, oh, there was a wampus cat in them hills. You know, and um, there's actually a newspaper article where a posse was organized to try to chase one in Tennessee. 
because it had been raiding the livestock and they were convinced it wasn't a bobcat, it wasn't a panther, it was a wampus cat. Ooh, and, uh, like it. you know, so, you know, that, that, you know, the Cherokee death cat is just a variant of that yeah. story. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the death cat. Uh, interestingly enough, I think our, our moderator has some cats there. So, uh, <laughs> so we have a, uh, we have a, uh, late poll on our website, uh, for those watching the broadcast with, uh, Mark Muncy and, uh, the poll is right underneath the chat. It says, if you needed one monster weapon, which would you choose? Uh, the options there are uh, a cross. Now, this is you needed one monster weapon to say go out in the forest, right? Uh, a cross, holy water, silver bullet, salt, a hatchet, AR-15, or a grenade. Now, I'm thinking grenade myself. So, people watching the chat, you can either put that in the you can write it in the live chat, or you can take the poll. You may have to refresh your page to do it, and then you can come right back to the the live stream going on now. But uh, so your ch- your choices are: if you only had one monster weapon, would it be a cross, holy water, silver bullet, salt, hatchet, AR-15, or a grenade? By the way, uh, Mark, when I went on a I went to a haunted house, uh, people were complaining about um, that they were being uh, harassed. I guess it would be a poltergeist. I brought I brought. Uh, uh, across and some holy water and some um, sage and uh, you know uh, I think it was fairly effective. It's these these things like I said they, we don't know the rules they follow so at some point we hopefully will um, you know Edison Tesla all these guys were trying to invent devices to talk to the dead they they thought they were hearing things on the lines when they're the only three people in the world with phones at that point, and they're picking up strange voices, you know? So yeah, they were trying to invent this stuff. And they, again, it just fell out of favor. The science went a different direction. You know, spiritualism was, was part of a, you know, was a movement of science initially, you know, in the late 1800s, you know, Victorian spiritualism was scientists were backing this stuff. So I think, you know, as for, you know, what gets rid of a ghost, we don't know. So, you know, is it putting them to rest? Are we actually sending them to a better place when we do that? That's why a lot of haunted houses, well, you know, a lot of haunted locations do not want exorcisms, do not want things because they've got a little kid ghost. They play with them. They give them toys and stuff like that. Are you sending them to someplace better? Mm-hmm. We don't know. Well, so, so you, you said that you, you and your wife have been to a lot of haunted places. Have you guys ever brought anything back? Um, I don't think we've really brought anything back. We've had some unusual activity here in the house, uh, but I've had that long before I started doing any of this stuff. So uh, I think that was one of the things that drew me to this because I this mm-hmm. stuff goes back to my childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always seen unusual things that didn't make sense to me. Uh, that kind of runs in my family. I have one side of my family all talk about it. The other side of my family, you know, you guys are crazy. We, we don't talk about that. You know, what, what's wrong with you? So... Um, but, you know, my grandmother talked about it a ton. She used to talk about the, the you know, the kid who lived in my closet. And I was like, Whoa. what? And she's like, the one who, you know, the, the one who died there, he talks to he he wants to talk to you. I'm like, oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And yeah, there's something to tell your nine-year-old, you know, grandson. Uh, you know, yeah, exactly. Uh, so, you know, that's, so it, it, I guess it's just one of those things, you know, I've always been intrigued by it. Uh, but I want to know the science behind it, too. I, I think there is a way to blend the two. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's going to be, and I know that upsets a lot of the paranormal investigators. are like, nope, this is science. And a lot of the Bigfoot hunters, 
It's a it's a gorilla out there in the woods. It's an unknown ape. Mm-hmm. But then why do the footprints stop? Why do some of these things don't make sense? You know, why why do people have weird headaches and stuff around them? You know, mm-hmm. you know, and and then you know, and the more and more of these weird cryptids, especially things like Mothman, that tend to lean a little more supernatural. But then you got things like Flatwoods Monster, which looks like an alien encounter, smells like an alien encounter, acts like an alien encounter, but it, you know, it's written off the pages of history as a hoax. Mm-hmm. You know, these these things. Again, I like to think we are still in the early days. I I, I think mm-hmm. at some point we're getting closer to actual answers, and now mm-hmm. it's not so taboo. Uh, you know, the problem is, is it's still entertainment mostly. So, so, it's still so, so in your ratings in in your in your book list there, what's the difference between creepy Florida and eerie Florida? Okay, Erie was our first book, 2015. That was our uh, uh, our uh, history press had reached out to me. I'd run a haunted house for 20 years and collected all these local stories, and I based our haunted house on all these local legends. So Erie was our first book, uh, and that was all the major ones: Robert the Doll, the Skunk Ape, the Gulf Breeze UFOs, Pinky the Sea Monster. Uh, but we threw in a few obscure ones. Um, yeah, again, Florida loves to rename things. That's why it's Pinky instead of the Beast of St. John's or something. Uh, but we threw in a few obscure ones, and when that became a hit and people started reaching out about the obscure ones, we got to do our follow-up book, Freaky Florida, which was mm-hmm. deeper dives, off-the-beaten-path stuff, more obscure monsters and cryptids, but also stuff we were able to debunk but was still cool historically mm-hmm. and just some really nifty stuff. And then when that became a bestseller, they said, hey, we need a ghost book. So that's when Creepy Florida came out, which was all ghosts. It's all paranormal locations. And every one of them's done like a travel guide. So they start in the panhandle, go across the top over mm-hmm. to Amelia Island, and then zigzag down to the Keys. So you can just follow the interstates and get off the little beaten pass where we tell you. We don't write about any place you are not allowed to visit. Uh, if it is private property, we tell you who to contact uh, you know, mm-hmm. and all that. So none of the places in there you know, are you know, verboten. Okay. Hey. Um, so, by the way, we we've got some responses in our in our live chat. We've got a oh. vote for AR15. Uh, somebody says, just call out the name of Jesus. Another person says, I want ghost bust a Ghostbuster gun because they don't want to get slimed. Um, and I think, of course, that everybody knows you just don't cross the streams. Okay. If you got a Ghostbuster, exactly. everybody knows that. Um, but here's another question: What about these orbs? We've got orbs flying around everywhere. Now, sadly, I'd say about 99.9% of the orbs I've seen are, you know, camera things trying to catch bugs, trying to catch dust, mm-hmm. and, and it just comes across as an orb because it's a digital, you know, error. Um, that is a lot of them, and the bulk of them. But there are, is that like 0.5% that I can't explain, that nobody can explain, that these... They should be something else, and they shouldn't be. And then, you know, why is one camera, you know, you know, getting it constant and then not? And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's it's another one of those things. We need to study it. We need the science behind it uh, to figure out why it works this way. Now, when uh, you when you when you've been out there, has any of your power equipment uh, batteries dra- were they drained? Uh, several places, uh, notably the uh, the Devil's Tree down in. Port St. Lucie, uh, up in Appalachia, we had the same problem at uh, the uh, mushroom mines in Olive Hill, Kentucky, um, where just we had things fully charged and just died. 
we had one house we went to visit, and the guy was talking about he had a strange occurrence in his driveway. You want to talk about like weird portal type stuff? This guy had a newspaper laying out on his driveway. And as he was going out to get his newspaper, it sank into the driveway, like like it melted, and then it came up in pieces, and looked mm-hmm. like he said it looked like something like taco chips in a dip was the pieces of newspaper melted into his driveway. Now this was in winter, in uh, in Tennessee, and when we were there, he was showing us this warped spot in his driveway. Uh, we got. EMF readings. We got a lot of weird things. And then suddenly everything went dead. The camera, everything, and our car wouldn't start. And wow. we had to go uh, jump start it from, uh, we couldn't even use another car to jump start it because the other car had died. So hmm. is it science? It could be you know, electromagnetism. There could be something under the ground. It was weird. You know, again, one of those things. What the heck is it? You know, what does it make sense? Uh, later that day, he talked about seeing some strange character walk by his yard with noodly arms and just walking by and then went behind a tree as a car was coming by. Mm-hmm. And then he realized it just vanished. Mm-hmm. He's like, where did it go? Well, what was it? And this is all, you know, and that's the kind of thing. What is that? What does that make? Well, you know, Mark, does that make any sense? Well, Mark, no. you, Mark, you, you being the monster connoisseur, then you, you have to get this question here. What's your best guess of that monster underneath the bed? <laughs> the monster underneath the bed. We know we My know there's one there. Guess. Everybody knows there's one there. You just never. Oh yeah, there is. You never put your arm down. Everybody knows that. You just don't. Okay. Yep. Yep. If you got a toe loose, it's gonna get it. Right. You know, it's. Uh, I I've heard of the tally poo, which is uh, a a common creature in the Appalachians. Yeah, the tally poo. If you if you if you leave, if you leave your covers up. The tally poo will get you if you if you go out at night. The tally poo will get you, uh, and it's and it's and you'll feel its finger tapping at your window. And if you look out the window, it'll find it'll get you. You know, it's it's all about it's if you don't see it, it can't see you. So oh, if you don't it, look out, you're safe. So if you don't if you're under the covers, you're safe. Tally yeah, poo can't the, get you. everybody knows that the covers it it has some kind of supernatural protection. Your cover yep. does, uh, but I, again. I think that goes back to the Fae, where if you don't introduce yourself, if you don't mm-hmm. give them your name, if you don't give them that, mm-hmm. it can't connect. And I think this is the same thing. You're not making connection with mm-hmm. these creatures. You're not mm-hmm. seeing them. You're not. You're hearing them, yeah. and they're trying to entice you. Mm-hmm. But if you don't fall for it, you're gold. And I don't. You know, and I don't. I don't think. I don't think a, a silk sheet uh, gives you enough protection. Actually. No, I. No, it's got to be a weighted blanket. Got to be a weighted blanket. It, it has to be. I mean, so I don't something that your your mamma sewed for you with love. That's yeah. that's the real power. because everybody knows they like to pull it off of you, and those yep. silk ones slide real easy. So the yep. other one's a little bit more grippy. You got a lot more protection. All right, and uh, if you got one that the Amish made, it's usually pretty good too. So, mm-hmm. uh, by the way, if anybody watching the program in the live chat, if you have a special protection that you have for the thing underneath your bed, or it's in the closet, just right next to you. If you have a, take special precautions, let us know what it is. We obviously have agree on on the on the uh, supernatural protection of of the uh, blanket there. All right, old army grit. He's back. He says, "Are chupacabras real or a myth?" Well, it depends a, on who you ask. Well, yeah, you know, they, they, they've caught they've caught them though. Yeah, they've caught things. Yeah, that they don't know yeah. what they are exactly. Yeah. And like with all these things, a lot of these things they capture them. 
They send them places, and then they're never seen again. We don't get the results. We don't know what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of these unusual cases seem to disappear. It's like those, you know, the giant bones that people found all over the Appalachians. It was all over the news in the 30s. Mm-hmm. People found giant skeletons, 12 feet tall, 10 feet tall, you know, and now where are they? Right. You can't find them anywhere. They were, oh, they were transported to the Smithsonian. Smithsonian doesn't have any records of them. Well, did they get them? We well, don't they know. Got, they got secret chambers. Everybody knows that. Exactly. Everybody knows <laughs> that, you know, that's that's where you hey, find have the real you, uh, you ever been to the Skinwalker Ranch? I have been, yes, but uh, but it has been some time. I know they just did a big event out there last weekend, actually, where they invited people to come out, and and uh, I guess it's going to be an annual thing now. So this was their second one, and they've already scheduled the third one for next year. So if you ever want to go visit, yeah, huh. that is a cool place. I'll, I'll admit there were some weird things out there uh, that, uh, but I went a long time ago. I was. Well, that uh, plus years ago, before it was super famous, they, they were the they uh, were the they were the ones that uh, had an event, several events where the eyewitnesses saw a portal open and a Bigfoot come out. And you started yep. you started mentioning it earlier in the first hour about the Bigfoot footprints stopping, stopping, and we yep. all know what that is. They're they're going into another dimension, and by, yep. they may have a they may have somebody they snatched from the forest, and that's why they're never found. Yep, and a lot of people think, oh, that's you know that that can't be real. You know, that's crazy. That's weird. And it's and again, a long time, you know, not too long ago, the ghost people wouldn't talk to the Bigfoot people. Bigfoot people wouldn't talk to the UFO people, and mm-hmm. nobody, they were none of them were talking to each other. That still happens. A lot of, especially the older school investigators, won't. You know, if you're on the stage with somebody who's been hunting Bigfoot since the '70s, mm-hmm. he doesn't want to hear about that unusual stuff. It's it's to him. It's something he saw, flesh and blood. Yes, mm-hmm. some of these ghosts people see are flesh and blood. They look real. They look. They don't look Ghostbusters as keyed us to looking like a certain thing. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Close Encounters has us looking like certain things. We're realizing now that, and again, science. You know, the Hadron Collider has caused you know who mm-hmm. knows what. We're 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 starting to see pieces of science that we could only dream of years mm-hmm. ago, and. It's starting to become mm-hmm. more believable and legitimate, yeah. and so I think we're on the cusp. Mm-hmm. I, I I would love to see us go you over see, that in seem, my lifetime. You seem I fairly. Ex- we are. You seem fairly excited about it too. By the way, somebody I, somebody in the live chat said I must have my feet covered, and we did discuss that, uh, Mark. That you know you can't even you can't even leave a toe out. If you nope, if you leave nope, a toe we'll out of that, it. if you leave a toe out, you are asking for trouble. Big trouble. Yep, and and they'll blame it on uh, diabetes or you know or frostbite or something. But that was why you kept your toes under the covers right. just to avoid the tally so, poo or avoid the monster. So now, the monster under so the so now there's a thing called fairies. Uh, mm-hmm. People want to know are fairies good or bad? Now it seems that when you talk about a fairy, you know you got the you got your tooth fairy, you got your San Francisco fairies, whatever. I mean, but generally <laughs> they're depicted as kind of helpful. Creatures, but are they always he- are, the right are they thing. helpful or, or or do they are they tricksters? Uh, it's a bit of both. It depends on which versions you're talking to, you know. And they seem to there's factions. They factions. Do seem to be you know they, like like uh, uh there was a, a group down here in Florida that attacked a farm in the 40s. Uh, there was a guy they they caught this guy on an orange grove that they thought was stealing oranges. And he was about six inches tall, 
and hairy and naked and speaking a language they couldn't understand. So they called the police. Naked. And the police thought they thought he was like a circus performer oh, okay. or something loose in the woods, you know, because you remember this is early days, Ringling was down here yeah. and and all that. Tom Thumb was at Ripley's over in St. Augustine. <laughs> so this was all not completely out of the ordinary. But when they are they grabbed him. They couldn't put him in handcuffs because he's so tiny. They put him in an orange crate and start taking him to the police station. When they do, suddenly the farm is attacked by rocks and sticks, and there's dozens of the little guys throwing rocks and sticks at him. So um, the police let the guy loose, the little guy loose, and it solves the problem. But they find that one of one of their farmhands says, "Oh, he offended the red hats," which is, mm. I guess, a British form of fairy. And so mm-hmm. he sent to Ireland for a special blessed rock to protect their farm oh. and they got it and it's still there. The rock is wow. still there and their farm doesn't have any problems <clears throat> with fairies anymore. But these sort of things have gone on. And then the Appalachians, you go into these hollers and some of these hollers have a family paint or a family spirit. So, 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 so a special, what did this rock do? It protected the land. It was blessed. Blessed by a bishop, and that protected so the, did, the did farm. It, did it protect it against fairies or gargoyles or what? Yeah. For, for supposedly protected them from evil spirits, and for and ble- and would appease the fairies so that the land would be safe. All right. So and if I get if I get one of these, I get one of these special fairy rocks and send it to uh, Pete Buttigieg's office in D.C., then he won't bother nobody again, will he? <laughs> that sounds like a plan. All right. Uh, <laughs> So what is the most unsettling story or legend that even shocked Mark Muncy? Even Mark Muncy couldn't believe it. And Mark Muncy's heard everything. He's researched his stuff. He came across this story. Bam. Hit you. What was was, it? This was one I had heard of. It's in St. Petersburg, uh, Florida. And it's the legend called Mini Lights. And uh, it depended on where you heard the story. Like if you heard it from the north side of St. Petersburg, it was... If you say mini lights three times, these green little lights will chase you. Okay? That okay. sounds not too scary. But on the south side of town, you, I would ask people, what do you know about mini lights? And they would go, don't go messing with mini lights, man. Don't talk about mini lights. Mini lights, they'll get you. The, 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 you say mini lights, it's a gator man who lives in the sewer who will steal your children if you go looking for mini lights. Mm. Wow, big difference, right? So then I start investigating further, and another guy goes, oh, they got it all wrong. Her name is Minnie Lightning, and she is the voodoo queen of St. Petersburg. And her gator boys, her little gator men, will come and steal your children uh, if you if they're out at night. Okay, and she is the reason we have so much lightning in Tampa Bay. It's the reason our, light, our, football, our hockey team is the lightning is because we're the lightning capital of the world, and that's Minnie Lightning. And she hates Marie Laveau, so she sends all the hurricanes from Tampa over to New Orleans. So, wow. all right, so that kind of makes sense, too. But I'm like, okay, this is such a crazy story. What the heck is it? Where's the real history? And I start digging, and I was looking for something completely different uh, at a history museum. And out of this archive, a book, a, a thing fell out of a book right into my lap, literally, and it solved mini lightning. And you want to talk about scary. The, le- the truth is so much scarier than any of those legends. The truth was it was a fan that fell into my lap. It was a hand fan that you would cool yourself off with while you're standing at a mm-hmm. roadside attraction. Mm-hmm. The roadside attraction was an alligator farm here in St. Petersburg. 
And on the fan was two African-American children that were gator bait. And what it was is the gator farm was kidnapping children and throwing them into the pit to be entertained, entertained tourists to get chased by alligators. Wow. So the legend really is beware of the men with lights. The gator boys will steal your children. So they would go out at night with lights, hmm. look for children out and steal them for the alligator hmm. farm. Wow. Or So or... yeah, that's the story that scared the bejesus out of me because yeah. that was 1938, not hmm. that long ago. Well, they're, they're, well, they're not stealing the children. The teachers' unions are. All right, hey, yeah, so exactly. look, look, let me ask. <laughs> let me ask you this question here. Um, uh, somebody had a, I saw it come up in the live chat question thing. It said, uh, "What about shapeshifters?" And then I remembered seeing this, and and <laughs> and Mark, if I I didn't know better, I would say that you you, you are shapeshifting with your eyes there. What's going on? I, uh, I, but like I said, I started as a haunted house owner. So for a long time, when I would start doing these uh, events and stuff, I would wear uh, my contacts that I used to wear at the haunted house, which are these whiteout eyes, and um, and I was the caretaker of Hellview Cemetery, which was our haunted attraction based on the Lost Cemetery of Hillview mm-hmm. here in Tampa Bay. Um, so you're not and, you're, uh, you're so you're not shape shifting. No, no, that's that's makeup. That's oh, you, I'll just don't just say yard that way. We have some, I'll, I'll hold say. a piece of iron to prove <laughs> that I am not a fae. There hey, you go. I so, tell you what, though, we are talking uh, about creatures, and uh, and somebody read my mind. Doug in Virginia read my mind. Have you came across any chuds? No, uh, I love the movie, uh, but uh, only a few, only some... a few of us know about that movie. I think yeah, Jaden in the live chat, you know about it. Anybody's, anybody ever watched the Chud movie? Just say yes in the live that's, chat. That's a classic. But uh, but yeah, now, they're out in there. Huntington. Huntington, West Virginia, there is a creature there called the Bogeyman uh, that was in a mine just outside of Huntington, uh, the Rose Run Iron Mine. And this is an 1800s incident where uh, they busted through a wall looking for a new vein and they found a cave system. And in that cave system, they found a dead bear and it was being eaten by two creatures that looked like cavemen. You know, they were scraggly. I would call them like Gollum from Lord of the Rings, the Ooh, way they were described wow, in these letters. Nasty. And this is this is like a family letter to you know from from one brother to another saying, "Hey, hope to see you at the wedding." By the way, this weird thing happened in the mine where we saw these weird creatures that it was, were eating a bear. Uh, what should we do? And then the brother wrote something back, and then uh, I got the next letter, which is the one writing back saying. Well, the mine owners hired some gunmen who came in and killed the bears and and the creatures, and uh, we saw them bring them out. Um, so, you know, a cannibalistic, well, they ate bears, so they probably would eat people, but mm-hmm. they did live in the underground. They had big, crazy eyes, the way you described them. But, but isn't, there, isn't there stories of... Uh of L.A., uh, the catacombs underneath L.A. that, that uh, somebody called the ant people used to live there? I, I, there's a Most major cities have some sort of creature living in their sewer system. Uh, and, now, uh, New I Orleans know, Atlanta cer- supposedly has some. New Orleans uh, certainly's New Orleans. got some things living New, underneath. New Orleans has got to. But, I mean, they uh, got, they're got, vo- there's voodoo on every corner. They're calling up demons. All That's why I don't ever want to go down there. 
Because they're calling up demons everywhere. They celebrate the dead. Somebody's possessed over there, and I don't want to know anything I mean, about Savannah, it. Savannah, it's a cottage industry, all the ghost tours there. So uh, Savannah and St. Augustine, you, you can go there and take more ghost tours than you can find people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> well, somebody somebody's asking a question. I think we've kind of discussed it. Uh, they, they want to know what's happened to the missing people who visit national parks. We were talking about David Plyce and missing 411. He, yep. And his, his theorem is that uh, there are certain parameters that occur when people disappear. There has Usually there's a, a, a boulder or rock formation. There's a weather event. There's a point of separation. And, um, you know, and, and interestingly enough, a, a person's life can be a lot more exciting if they were aware of the, the sort of the footprint or indicators that there's supernatural events happening. For instance... I mentioned that we've seen stacks of rocks in the forest. Um, mm-hmm. That can that was actually in that movie I mentioned earlier, uh, Big Legend on and, and Amazon Prime. Yeah. The guy there finds a stack of rocks there, and, and so uh, and then sometimes you'll find rocks in a circle. That's usually a witch's coven's out there doing voodoo and stuff. But there are indicators, and in fact, there's even some earlier legends where you can find specific trees that the Indians bent to to direct. Yep. That where they were to go and to mark their territory, and you can still find those trees today. Those those are exci- there's a lot of exciting things out there that one can uh, if they, if they're just yeah. a, aware of it, what to yeah, look and for. And if you look at all the maps of all the missing people, and you look at all the maps of national parks, and you look at all the maps of cave systems, and you look at all the maps of UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, ghost hotspots, all these flaps they overlap a lot, and you 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 start looking at that, and that's what. Uh, you know, John Keel called the vortexes. You know, there were these were vortexes. These were paranormal hotspots. You know, Bermuda Triangle type things. You know, the Salisbury Plain up in England. And you know, but Appalachia, right at the heart of Appalachia, got all that. And mm-hmm. you know, a Serpent Mound and Alligator Mound and mm-hmm. all these Native American signs, warning signs saying, "Hey, this is a weird place. Be careful." Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, and it's you know, we we just came in, bulldozed it, built condos. Mm. So, you know, and, and, and put up some white castles and some, uh, you know, and some checkers. So, you know about white castles? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, yeah. I, 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 like I said, I've been, I travel every place in my book. So I, I, thought, I, thought, they were kinda, I up, thought they were kind of, I thought they were just kind of local. Are they all over? They're all over the north. They, 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 they start in Kentucky and go north. But uh, yeah, south we've got crystals. Which so, is so, awesome. so, so we asked earlier if anybody knew what, I was testing their, their their monster knowledge. Did they know what a chud was? The other one would be, would they know what a slider is? Because you can't have one without the other, Mark. That's, that's nope. just all there is that to is it. That's true. There's nothing better on a on a long day. And then, so uh, so a... so, what do we got with the with the the hat man and the shadow man? I mean, a slender man. What what is? There's a whole bunch of mans out there. Yeah, uh, it's like ladies in white and like kid ghosts and uh, you know, and haunted and dolls. Blue, they're yeah. they're another genre. They're another classification. They're a thing we don't understand. Uh, the 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 shadow people, the the man in the hat, those are common sightings. Uh, I get dozens of emails about those every month. You know, hey, I saw this in my room. I saw this down the street. I had this strange appearance. You know, this strange occurrence. One of my favorite letters was I got one from a guy who said he woke up and it was one in his room and it literally walked him to a closet that wasn't in his room 
And in his closet was a suit for him to put on. And he put on the suit, and then he leads him out of his apartment, leads him to another apartment a few doors down uh, in another building, and goes up to another floor, goes to this door, and opens the door, and his lady's there in a bathrobe, and he and this shadow figure tell the lady in the bathroom, yeah, we know you saw something strange yesterday. You're not allowed to talk about it. Don't tell anybody. And she was like in a trance and she said, okay. And then the guy walked him back to his apartment and he laid back down in bed. And uh, when he woke up, closet's gone. Everything else is gone. He's like, what the hell you know, happened? And so he went the two doors down and the upstairs and went to the lady's apartment. There's a lady who lives there. And she's like, what the hell are you talking about? Get out of my house. You know, uh, get out of my apartment. I don't know. You know, so what was that? It's another one of those weird, doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. Did he have an experience? Something weird happened that we can't explain. So, mm. you know, do, do we call that the hat man? Do we call that a man in black experience? We don't know. It's, it's unclassifiable. I know and, they, they never wear white hats, so. No, no, so what's, you're safe. So what's, so what's up with that? Um, <laughs> what, what have you learned about the moon-eyed people? The Moon-Eyed people, I think, are, um, it's pretty much Cherokee, and uh, some of the Choctaw tribe talked about them. So this is a multi-tribe thing uh, of short people that the Cherokee decided to massacre because they were messing with them. They were stealing their horses. They were stealing their, uh, you know, they were stealing their livestock. Uh, so the Cherokee declared war on them and massacred them to a man. Mm -hmm. But the descriptions of them were big-eyed, big-headed, um, possibly some people say look like gray aliens, some people say were fae. You know, it just depends on the version of the stories you read. Mm -hmm. uh, but again, the Cherokee considered this one of their greatest wars. The, one of their greatest battles was vanquishing them because they'd been such a bane in their side. Um, and of course, a lot of people are like, oh, it's just folklore. It's just a tale, but not to the Cherokee. This is mm -hmm. this is something, and and this was in the foothills of mm -hmm. the Appalachians, you know, right around well, uh, uh, near Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge. You can go to Dollywood and think about the Moon-Eyed people. So, yeah, that's uh, I remember the description of uh, Gatlinburg and Dollywood and a couple other towns around there, and, and it, it was once described as a bathtub ring of cities around the Smoky Mountains. And that's really, yep. if you think about it, that's what it is. It's a bathtub ring. It's nasty. And if you ever go there, you got to go through the Gatlinburg Bypass. But, but other than that, it's just shops and Chinese I like, goods. I like some of the cheesy stuff. I like the Gatlinburg Mysterious Mansion. And then Pigeon Forge has one of my favorite jam. museums. It has the um, uh, Alcatraz East, which used to be the crime mm -hmm. museum of Washington, D.C. They moved it to Pigeon Forge. And if you want true crime stuff, man, you cannot find more true crime artifacts than in that museum. They've got, you know, they've got Ted Bundy's car. They've got the Bronco from mm. O.J. Simpson. So, so they've so, got. So, well, I can, so, so you're all into roadside attractions. I'm all the yep. opposite of that. I, I run away yep. from roadside attractions. I like to travel the road less, less traveled. And I think that's where I it's, like both. Well, I you can have, have both, Mark. Sometime. You can you can have both. I I'll, I will allow that for the, at least for this continuance of the interview. But but now yeah. we got something called the black eyed children. Nobody likes them either. No, they are definitely a newer phenomena. But if you look back again, there's Native American history for them too. It's one of those 
They, they, they seem to pop up every couple hundred years. Uh, they are strange kids with strange, you know, black colored eyes and they have unusual powers. You're talking about you're sending them to the cornfield and, mm-hmm. you know, Charlie X, don't be here, you know, bl- blinking you out of existence. These things are, these kids are, you know, terrifying to the people who see them. Um, but it seems to be more uh, a recent internet find of an old legend that is just resurfacing because every time somebody writes to me about it, it's asking me if we've heard somebody has seen one. Mm-hmm. Nobody is sending me any reports of actually seeing them. So it's 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 one of those, hey, I want to know. I, mm-hmm. I, I, my friend says he saw one, but it's never mm-hmm. I saw one. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's I'm, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for, you know, information on that. So it, that's one of those ones I'm verdicts out because I haven't had an actual witness encounter yet. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a couple of questions related. What are aliens and what are crop circles? Okay. Uh, aliens, uh, again, I, I don't know what to tell you on that. It's one of those, I, I go with UFO experts. I go with alien hunters. Some of these encounters to this day amaze me. The descriptions these people saw, like I said, mentioned that Crestview sighting earlier. These guys are in their 70s and 80s and they're telling me about this strange incident at their school from their childhood that has marked them so much that they remember it. Uh, I have trouble remembering what I ate yesterday, let alone what I saw 30 years ago, you know, or 40 years ago. Um, or in this case, you know, almost 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these guys, you know, describe the strange craft with a turret and then all these other little things. Uh, the Flatwoods monster is probably one of my favorite cases of all time where, um, cause it ties into several different encounters. There was a, there was a UFO flap in Washington, DC, literally the week before the Flatwoods incident where UFOs are seen over Washington, DC. Everybody's like, well, I don't believe in aliens till they're seen in Washington, DC. These were seen in Washington, DC in 1952, they had newspapers and all over the place. And then in Tampa, uh, down here in Florida, some planes are scrambled because something unusual flew over them and they were trying to figure out what it was. This is mm-hmm. 1952 there. It could be still, you know, it's no longer world war two, but we're worried about the Russians. So, you know, so mm-hmm. we send the plane up, it crashes. The plane crashes in a training accident, mm. but we know it was scrambled. The old training accident. It was scrambled, but their flight is redacted. You cannot read, you know, the, the report of this flight. But later that day, West Virginia, just a couple hours away, in a couple hours' time, some kids are out playing baseball, and they see something crash into the mountain behind them. And it, it, they, it was like a fireball. They thought it was a meteor. So they go up to investigate. They get their mom. They get some more kids. This one guy's a National Guard. He you know, is, is leading them. He's an off-duty National Guard. Mm-hmm. They get up to the top of the hill, and there is this crashed sphere and next to it comes out of the woods next to him is 12 foot tall glowing eyes it looks like a reptilian thing looking through portholes at them uh smoke and it's burning their eyes they don't know what to do they run Hmm. and they go get try to go get help the government shows up oh there's nothing here everything's Hmm. gone they see tire tread marks where whatever was something was dragged away um but no oh no nothing nothing and the reason the government's in the area is they're looking for a crashed plane that wasn't reported 
Mm. Yeah. So yeah. You know, so it's, it's so let me let me let me answer. Cover. So here's a question that that <clears throat> because I my my YouTube channel was deleted, uh, oh. but I can ask this question now here on Rumble, uh, and I, that somebody sent in, and the question is, um, do you think the black-eyed babies are the are the black-eyed kids were the babies of parents who got the jab? <laughs> I don't know about that. But okay. uh, that could be the new that could be the new rush because that's the uh, you know that you know, when they first it, appeared was right after the polio vaccine. Well, it's it's a it's and a valid that, it's a valid question in my mind. I mean, before so, that, it was the smallpox vaccine. The <clears> okay, so so Mark, so I've done interviews since two thousand three, right after Art Bell went off the air. Thousands, and one, I, in fact, I don't even know. But this may be one of the longest running shows ever. Two thousand three. That's uh, mm. I can't Good do the run. math. Was that not nineteen years? Uh, yeah, over. Yeah, because we ran yeah. our haunted house from ninety six. I can't to think of anybody. Two thousand fourteen, and that was only nineteen years. So. so, so I can't. I can't think of any other shows been on been doing it that long. But in those time, in that time, on all the alien shows that we have, and as, as you, if you went down our our guest list, you would see there's there's not one subject covered on this show. We cover them all. Give everybody a fair yep. chance to tell their story, even if people don't right. want to hear them or don't like them or totally disagree. We feel like, hey, just give them a chance. Maybe get a nugget of truth. And here's something I learned too, just as a host. Everybody has a nugget of truth, no matter what the subject is that we talk about. And and my job is, and I and I tried to get that one little nugget of truth. Like I've been trying all night to get a nugget of truth out of you. We probably got two or three out of you, okay? And we don't even know it. But of all those interviews on the alien topic, there's only one that's seen an alien, and I know her personally. Her name is Chase Klosky. And of all the other alien people that said, well, I know somebody saw something. Uh, here's a story that I read, you know, here's blue project blue book here, blue beam. And I mean, you know, there's like secondhand re- references. Here's yeah. an internet story. of so, you know, here's, here's this and that all those only one. And she was doing a, um, a farmer called her. She had a team and said, well, I've got UFOs buzzing in my, in my farm. And I think it was in Kentucky. And she went down there and we mentioned the draining of the batteries. Well, here's the thing. The UFO did appear when they were there. They were in the field. They were there with the, and there was her, she had like three people with her plus the farmer. And the ship did, uh, it appeared right up, right, right above them. And then they had this panic fight, flight or fight type of thing that you, you happens to you, just a sheer terror of it. Cause you really mm-hmm. don't really kind of expect it. You kind of expect like a blurry UFO. Is that, a, is that a planet or is that a UFO? It's moving. It could be a satellite, that kind of thing. But you don't mm-hmm. expect to have a craft hovering above you you don't nobody expects yep. that and she said that the farmer got his flashlight and was looking across the field and it it went right to a five-foot gray alien and they all saw it and it was standing there in the field with the big classic eyes he said it didn't flinch at all and uh they were so scared that they ran got in their truck and they're doing this thing that you see in that movie uh fire in the sky the Travis Walton yeah. story, you know how they're flying down? They were doing that. They were they gassed and they were going up and down out to get out of this field. Oh, and, yeah. they, and they said, fortunately, everyone had their cameras rolling because there were several cameras that they had. Nice. And all of them, the the batteries went dead or the film, there was nothing on the film. All of them. Yep. But that was, that was the only case of all of them where they, an actual alien was seen standing right in front of somebody. And um, I've I got... My the the only one that really gave me goosebumps uh, when I talked to a guy was he was a sailor out in the Gulf and and he was up near Pensacola 
up in the Gulf Breeze area, you know, where the sightings occurred in the 80s. But he, he was talking, this was 2015, and he was out on his boat, and um, his depth finder went from 400 feet deep to 40 feet deep, and alarms start going off. And so he rushes to the deck. He was down under the uh, deck because it was late. And he's like, he's thinking a whale is coming up under him or something. You know, something weird's going on. And uh, he sees this dark shape under his boat. And then it comes out of the water without making a sound and hovers over his boat. And it's huge. And it's, this is like 100 feet, you know. And he's taking pictures uh, on his phone. Mm-hmm. But it's black. On a black sky, yeah, and there's nothing. He's getting nothing. And then his phone dies, everything dies, and then it just takes off instantly. So something underwater comes above, black triangle-type shape, huge, makes no noise. The hairs on his arm, as he's telling me this, are standing on it because it, it has shaken him to his core. And I, of course, I asked him, so were you drinking that night? He's like, of course, I was on my boat. Of course, I was drinking. <laughs> you know, I was like, did you take pictures? He's like, yes, it's black on black. He shows me his phone. It's just this big black picture. And, and I always tell people, yeah, try to take a picture of your nightstand next to you when you wake up in the morning without a flash and see what it, you know, that's two feet away from you with your fancy phone. Look what it comes out like. It's just going to mm-hmm. be black. And so did he see something? Yeah, he saw something we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Did your guys see aliens? Who knows? They don't. We don't know what they saw. We saw they saw something that does not make sense. Mm-hmm. Was it an alien? Was it an extra dimensional being? Was it a, you know, some some just mass hallucination? We don't know. They don't understand it. We don't understand mm-hmm. it. You know, unless well, we can go back there and recreate it, we can't. But that's why we need scientific study. We need. Well, there. But there, you need to report it. There, well, there is something going on in this country right now. Uh, it's called mass formation. Um, hypnosis that the half the country is, is is being hypnotized and so there is such a thing you know interestingly enough talking to, talking to you and of course you have your books there and 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 the guests i've talked to and really the movies i've seen you know people can pick up tips about, about the thing about, about um to be more observant uh, of what's going on around and then you say well i never see nothing well you've never really you know a person like that would 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 probably never actually look for or be aware of it for instance they may walk past a pile of rocks and say oh some some kid was here but you don't understand it it's 10 miles deep in the forest and it you know it's not like a little kid's out here or yeah or or how to maybe do a a a a, a, a stick hit against a tree and one of those another thing i just learned recently was when I, i mentioned that movie big legend on on prime um i it's something i never thought about which when the guy is um he's looking at his camera and he's looking oh here's my wife and you know my wife to be and he's looking he's smiling smiling then all of a sudden it's he got this puzzled look on his face it's just a shot of the forest but in in the background there's a a figure and so i learned myself when i was going through my video of our hiking trip that i'm not just looking at the figures human people or whatever I'm starting to look now I'm starting to look in the background and the people who have been out in the forest you might want to look at your pictures don't look at your subject the elk you're looking for or you know or the you know the bear that you took or the great flower that you took there could be something in your background you wouldn't even know it so you can learn these little techniques and yep. and and you may have already seen something and you weren't aware of it 
and 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 you don't know. And then and then the the big thing with me is make sure if you do see something, say something. If you <laughs> if you have a story that you know your grandpa told you of something that happened to him in the 1940s, please share it with something because it might corroborate another story from somebody else's grandpa that they thought was insane. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, if you saw a ghost somewhere, let the people in that building know, but also report it to your local ghost teams. Uh, there are all over, all you gotta do is Google ghosts in my area and there's gotta be some reporting service near you. Uh, the Bigfoot BFRO, the Bigfoot Research Organization, MUFON for UFOs. There are tons of organizations that would love to have your stuff. Authors like myself, we love to have your emails because we can sort it to the places that need it, you know, and that way we can make these databases and we can, you know, we can corroborate these things. So they're not just some goofy ghost story or some goofy monster. This is, you know, oh, wait, there's a pattern here. This goes back thousands of years. What is this? Mm -hmm. You know, is this a ghost of a caveman? You know, is is the Thunderbird, you know, a a pterodactyl or a, you know, a ghost of something? Uh, You know, are there opens... You know, is things quantum entangled and we're getting stuff from the past and the future? We don't know. Mm -hmm. This is the kind of stuff, if we can just document it, get it out there, that's where we find this Mm -hmm. stuff and we can study it. And that's what it's all about. Uh, In your research, did you ever talk to Native American Indians about the blue Kachina star? I have not heard of that. So okay. that, that one slipped past me. Uh, If if anybody has some information on that, please drop me a line. Okay. So I, I think, I think we, I've always kind of refrained from making declarative statements, you know, always kind of doing the host thing, the kind of, okay, maybe, maybe whatnot. But I, I think there's some things that I, I'm prepared to, to to make a declarative statement on. For instance, they're, ghosts are real. So if let's just say that now, and let's just say that even science said that it's real. What difference would that make? What does that tell us about our existence? I think that tells, again, we got to find out what they are. Is this is this really the soul or is this just some psychic imprint from our brain that imprinted on the stone? Is this, you know, are these the ones that talk to us? Are they just more energy, you know, matter energy, you know, these things are transferable. So is this something that, you know, we could reconstitute? Is this, that's what this is again. Well, those are the general general questions that, that, that have been asked and continue to be asked, but let's just say we're past that. It's kind of like UFOs. UFOs are real. Okay. They're out there. I mean, now the Navy showing the TikTok videos. I mean, so it's pretty much there. So, I mean, can we make, what's the next step? So so I'm just using ghosts. We could say goblins, fairies, hat man, dog man, an infinite amount of these things. But if you make a declarative statement and say, this is, this is real. Does that, what does that mean about our existence? Doesn't it mean, and I'm maybe I'll try to give you a little bit of headway on that is, doesn't it mean that there are, Multi, we live in multiple dimensions. Um, exactly. That there's, if there's ghosts, then there's something else. There are other things that inhabit that dimension. And, and does, it, does, and that, does that mean? Happen. Go ahead. One of these things is gonna. There's a domino that's gonna fall, and it's gonna trigger all this, and we're gonna suddenly we're gonna have to look at things. You know, once one of these is, you know, that's why the Sela camp was such a big thing, and one of my favorite cryptids that became real. We, you know, it. They caught one. It's real. It's a misplaced creature from time that's still out there. You know, we're just now learning about giant squids in the Gulf, uh, just not not too far from my house. You know, 
these were krakens. These were legendary beasts. Oh, Ooh, guess the what? Kraken. They're real. We've, we, we found them now. They're there. We know they're there. So what else is next? What's the next thing we're going to find? I think ghosts are on that precipice. I think we are going to find them. I, but what are they? We don't. I, that's what I want to find out. And that's when we start talking to them. Let's see what they say. Let's okay. actually get. <clears throat> would you say? Would you say that ghost is an indication of an eternal being? I think it's a, because you would think that, that a ghost couldn't die, right? I think there's definitely something beyond us, and I think that's what it is. I think this is saying, "Hey, there's more to life than life. There is other things." And you know, does this disprove? other things does this disprove reincarnation no this means that might encourage reincarnation that these things are you know we're recycling mm-hmm. and this just one mm-hmm. didn't quite make it into something and for, for you know, that's what we've got to find okay. um, i think this i think it's study it's one of those i can't wait to see what happens when people do start paying attention <clears> well it's kind of like there's stuff. something out there a mark called the flagellum motor have you ever heard of it no the flagellum motor is a is a small bacteria, and the interesting thing about this, there's videos on it. It has, um, it has a, a rotor, a stator, a drive shaft, and a tail. I mean, it's and the the, the it, it's a motor. That's why they call it a flagellum motor. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's, it's biological, and yep. scientists have said that. The flagellum motor is irreducible, which means that the rotor and the stator, I mean, if you know anything about cars or alternators or anything, or a stator yeah. rotates and it, and, it, and it generates electricity. I've seen it, and it looks exactly like that. You can see a drive shaft, a, a, a U-joint. Yeah. Uh, the tail goes uh, 100,000 uh, revolutions per minute. It, it instantly changes direction. But they say that it's of inter- irreducible complexity. What that means is no part of that could have evolved. The stator could not have evolved and attached itself to the body, nor could the drive shaft. In other words, that flagellum motor had to be intelligently designed as a unit. Everything else you can make a composite. Let's just say, you know, we've got the classic monkey demand. Okay, you're going down down there and you got the monkey, but nobody sees what's before the monkey. I've never seen, where's the rest of the graph? Nobody's ever seen it. But you can see how they kind of put that together. They're showing complexity yeah. getting more complex. But that doesn't complex. In other words, because yeah. it's of a reducible complexity, you can make a definitive statement. It was designed and it, it appeared all in one as a unit, which tells you that there must be some intelligent being that designed that unit. So a definitive yeah. statement can be determined from that, from the science of that for the gel motor. So if a, a ghost is out there, then it seems like it is indicates that it can't die, and it, it goes through yep. time, space, and dimension, which means there's a, there's a, a an eternal existence beyond life. Yep, and then and we start discussing, you know, spiritualism as science again. We start talking. All right, well, did we have did those people who said they had spirit guides? Do they have spirit guides? Do you know are you know is these things are these things real? I mean, dowsing rods do find water. Dowsing rods do find electrical currents and stuff. So. You know, does that mean that every dowser is is real? No, but this also doesn't mean that everyone's fake. You know, and that's just it with these spiritualists and spiritualist mm-hmm. camps all over the world. They talk to spirits, they talk to guides, they you know they 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 see things with the fortune cards, mm-hmm. they see things with runes. Is is that all fake? No, some of that is you know you know they they hit they hit the bullseye. So 
you know, that's with this stuff too. I think when we find ghosts, we find Bigfoot, we find these things and we discover they're, you know, extra dimensional or normal mm-hmm. or whatever, then suddenly it's like the mountain gorillas. We've got, you know, Jane Goodall living with the ghosts. You mm-hmm. know, somebody's going to go out there has and these, start talking ha, to them and figure we're it get, out. We're getting near the end of the broadcast, but has any of these investigations, your cumulative knowledge base that you're developing, has any of that led you to believe or change your views of what's what happens when you die? Yes, yes. Uh, one of the one of the ones that got me uh, was uh, there was a there's a place in North Florida. Uh, it's called the Dozier School for Boys, mm-hmm. and this was this is like one of the worst of the worst places. It was supposed to be where the worst the worst kids were sent, and it was you know just terribleness. And it was basically 110 years of state-sponsored child abuse, and it was terrible. And um, all these things happened, but there was a church there, and there was ghosts in the church. You could hear the kids still singing because it was their one place of solace, their one place they could go hide. And uh, we went there with a ghost hunting team uh, to get the ghost stories. But the real history was so dark and so terrible that – it was like, oh gosh, you know what? What do we do? You know, how do we report this? But but while we were there, we heard singing. We heard like a hymn being sung, and we're the only people there. There's there's nobody for miles, and in this old abandoned church, um, and we, the team was just floored. Uh, but nothing's on recording. Nothing was able to be picked up, but we all heard it, auditory heard it, and you can hear us on the recording. What is that? Where is that coming from? But it's not on any of the EVPs, not any of the recordings. Um, but when we walked into a room, I saw a little shadow of, of like a small face looking at me uh, as it darted behind uh, a door, and in that door, we found boxes of records from the school that were just loose that anybody could find and the you know, private information, all this stuff for students that were there. You know, this is from 2008, the school closed in 2011. This was 2015 when we were there and these records were just left there. And the only reason we went into that room, most people don't even go in it because little storage closet, but was, I saw the little kid dart into it. What did I see? And why was he showing me this? Well, we got the state to come, take all that and take care of it, mm-hmm. you know, cause that should have been locked up. It should have been protected property. Was the kid helping people? Was the kid a victim of Dozier? I don't know, but it shook me to my core. And that is what did I see? I saw a kid. I did not see a ghost. I did not see a spectral entity. He was flesh. He was blood. He looked human to me. Did I see something out of time? Did I see a a stone tape? Did I see, you know, something? I don't know what I saw, and that's what I want to know. I want to know more. I want to believe. So yes, I, I, it changed me. There's, there's things we can do after death if we need to, and that's. I don't know if that means, you know, is there no heaven, no hell, whatever. I don't think that's the case. I think this is. There's something. What it is, we don't know, and I hope, I hope someday we do. Hmm. Uh, so, and I, I can see it affected you because that's the most serious tone that you've taken all night. And so, hopefully, you'll continue that quest at least in that in that in that vein. Because uh, certainly, we all 
I, I the search the search for the meaning of life. I think everyone's really on it, and uh, we're all searching for meaning. And really, we kind of like to know <clears throat> some assurances about what happens when we die. And hopefully, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's a be a good thing. You know, a transition to a good thing. But uh, we'll 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 find out who was right on that. Was was it some of the um, uh, more religious texts, or was it some of the those that say we're going to be fly, flying out and uh, we'll all become one and some we'll all be hum, uh, humming in a vibration, going mm, like that? I mean, how did you make that claim? I don't think I would enjoy that one myself. Well, Mark Muncy, I appreciate you coming on the Edge broadcast. Uh, where can people get the, your books? Uh, well, Daniel, they can find me at uh, erieflorida.com. Uh, if you go there, you can order books direct from me and my missus, and she'll draw something in it, and I'll sign it. But yeah. uh, you can find my books just about anywhere. History Press publishes us, so they've got us in every Walgreens, CVS, and Cracker Barrel in Florida. Uh, but you can also find us up and down the interstates now with Erie Appalachia. Um, we'll be at the Mothman Festival next weekend in uh, Point Pleasant. Uh, I'll be talking there about some holler monsters. Um, but uh, And then we'll be at Cryptid Con in Lexington in November. Uh, so we do a lot of appearances. If you go to our website, Erie, Florida, or you can find my TV show, Erie Travels, which is a local nice. show down here in Tampa Bay. Uh, but uh, if you look up Erie Travels on YouTube, they rerun the episodes there. So you can watch me there. Uh, second season starts in October. All right. So. Well, Mark, I, I do believe, and one day you will believe as well. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it's been a pleasure, Daniel. Anytime. Love to be back. You so. Thank you. Have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Everybody.